0: This is the Prison Care Podcast. I'm Sabrina Justison, your host, the founder and executive director of Prison Care Incorporated, where we are committed to equipping compassionate people to support positive prison culture from the outside, because everyone on the inside matters. How about that new intro? That is The Fool from Jay Bloom. And this is episode 52 of the Prison Care Podcast. Wow, we did it! That's a whole year of episodes, one every week. And you have been here with us, and oh, we so appreciate you for that. We wanna close out our first year strong. We wanna talk about what we've learned in this first year, where we're headed in year two, and what we need to know that only you can tell us. So here we go. What we've learned in our first year. First, foremost, people care. It turns out lots of people do care about prison neighborhoods and the people in them wearing all the different uniforms. It turns out that people care once they realize there's something there to care about. Turns out they care as soon as they get a little bit of proximity. And the podcast has created that proximity for a lot of folks. What else we've learned in our first year? The mission is a big one. Uh, a year ago, the picture of prison care in my head was a resource, a library of sorts that would help people feel confident, beginning a pen pal encourage a relationship with some people who were incarcerated, you know, encouraging them to really embrace personal growth opportunities, to work to become their best selves, and in the process, foster a less toxic culture around them. Oh, and I imagine people beginning to adopt individual prison facilities that they had chosen, making a general connection, you know, via the chaplain and finding ways to offer encouragement to correctional officers. But turns out the mission is way bigger than that, it's difficult, <laughs> it's complicated in ways that we didn't originally realize it was, and it's multifaceted. The degree of difficulty that many folks encounter when they try to write to a pen pal, you know, as a voice of encouragement, healthy relationship in the life of someone who's serving a prison sentence, turns out that's much higher than I anticipated. Apparently, part of the reason that so few incarcerated people have a cheerleader on the outside. It's because most of us on the outside are not actually wired to be cheerleaders via letters. It turns out that not every compassionate person is wired exactly like me. Go figure. (laughs) What seems so obvious to me now is that it's only going to be a particular flavor of prison care champion who becomes a pen pal encourager. So to those of you who are out there just killing it, thank you for the tremendous impact that you are making on the lives of your pen pals behind the wall. To those of you who tried it and who found out you hate writing letters, or you found that maintaining correspondence with more than one pen pal is overwhelming, thank you for trying to fill this role. And thank you for giving us feedback so we could learn from you and further develop the model for prison care compassion. And then to those of you who never tried being a pen pal encourager because you already knew it was going to be a poor fit for you but you reached out to us anyway and you said mhm yeah not that but help me find something else to try because i believe that this is actually incredibly important thank you for being true to yourself and for including our organization in your journey because we all want to find ways for you to care for prison neighborhoods all right so to all of you stay tuned for some exciting new ideas for expanding the model, for equipping new types of personalities for prison care. It also turns out that the walls around prisons are metaphorical as well as concrete and razor wire. So connecting with chaplains and correctional officers, with case managers, with prison administrators, it's actually really difficult, really difficult The walls that have been built mentally and emotionally in order to protect prison staff from being manipulated and played and otherwise abused, well, those walls do a really good job of keeping caring folks like us out as well. It's very complicated. This desire to find ways to support and show appreciation to prison staff members, because they're a cynical bunch, and for good reason, right? But it was a learning curve for us over the past year to come to understand this truth, and then to find new ways to envision what supporting prison staff could look like. And so, by the way, if you are someone who organized an appreciation event only to find it gets shut down by the very folks that you were trying to celebrate, (laughs) woo, thank you for trying. Thank you for trying. And thank you for sharing your stories with us. You guys, these were not failures. They were learning experiences for all of us. Oh, and if you are someone who raised funds and purchased gift cards for all of the COs in a facility for CO Appreciation Week. And then you later learned, only through the grapevine, by the way, that those gift cards were confiscated somewhere in the admin building. They were declared to be a potential attempt at manipulation, and they were quietly taken home for use by some lucky duck who made them disappear. <clears throat> you know who you are, dear compassion team leader who walked this rather bumpy road and shared your story with us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for trying. Thank you for continuing to hope and strive in spite of disappointment. Oy, it's an imperfect system. It's, it's an attempt to learn, right? We're learning how to be a support to the staff in a prison. So cheers to everybody who has tried who's trying still and who's determined to keep trying. All of you stay tuned for some exciting new ideas in this episode, ideas we've been discussing with long time correction professionals. We're finding some ways that just might actually work. Mission is a big one, friends, it's challenging, and we're learning how to pursue it more and more effectively. So what else we've learned in our first year? People are interested in personal stories, Listeners seem to appreciate that I'm a mom, as well as a nonprofit founder. They've connected to Jay and to Dylan, as they've shared their voices on the podcast, sharing the experiences of life as a prison resident. Listeners have connected to friends and family members who have visited prison and then shared their experience. And we keep being told that these stories that we tell, these personal stories, help create a more fully formed Three dimensional understanding of prison neighborhoods in a way that simple stats would not. Okay, and here's one more thing that we've learned in our first year. We've got a lot of work to do, and there's a place for so many different personalities in new ways. All right, so here's where we move from what we learned in our first year into where we are headed in year two. We are heading into your living rooms. Yep, you heard that right. Stock up on some snacks because this is the year that we begin to gather with small groups of your people to raise awareness about things like the unsustainability of the prison system in the U.S., the profoundly toxic culture behind the fence that is literally killing correctional staff, the fundamental realities of the prison philosophy in this country that undermine rehabilitation at every turn. And the ways that ordinary folks like you and your people can be part of the solution. So conferences and conventions. Those are fantastic places for sharing ideas and making connections, but they're only attended by people who are already interested in or connected to the corrections and criminal justice fields of study or employment. And where we've seen real traction in raising awareness, right, Awareness among people who have never really thought about things like the looming staffing crisis in the US around prisons, or the lack of any agreed upon definition of rehabilitation, or the frequent use of strip searches and the psychological impact on staff who have to perform them, as well as on the residents who have to endure them, or the impact of poor quality food, isolation Oh, and the virtually non-existent mental health resources. So the traction in raising awareness comes from your conversations with your people. As you begin to become aware, you ask questions. You talk to others about it, they ask questions, then they talk about it. and, And what many of you seem to love is having somebody to just like facilitate that discussion for you. So Coming soon at prisoncare.org, a simple guide for hosting a house party to raise awareness. Really, really simple, you guys. Pick a date, buy some snacks, invite some friends over for an hour, and share my Prison Care 18-minute TED Talk-style presentation about prisons and about caring for them can look like. I totally, totally love doing these presentations in person whenever I'm able to. And because of my weirdo travel lifestyle and how much of the country I visit in a given year, I have so far been able to actually sit with you in real life in a surprising number of situations. But for all the times that I can't actually make it to your house to, you know, drink your wine and eat your cheese and crackers, well, for those times, we are hard at work working with Outsider Film Company, capturing that 18-minute presentation on film for you. So before the end of the summer 2023, we expect to have a video version available to show on your TV in your living room to your people to facilitate your learning and success in building a compassion team or raising funds. Raising funds, you say? Well, actually, I said it. Raising funds for what? Oh, good question. That brilliant question brings me to one of the most exciting focus points for the second year of prison care. Can you say mental wellness resources? Ah, One of the clearest messages that we have gotten over the last year is that there is a tremendous need for three distinct kinds of mental wellness resources in prison neighborhoods. Okay, pay attention, y'all. This is important. Number one, correctional officers need access to professional mental health care. It needs to be trauma-informed care from a provider with a very specific understanding of their workplace and lifestyle as COs, and it needs to be available to them with complete confidentiality. To effectively support prison staff, caring people on the outside can create ways to connect prisons with trained and willing professional counselors and therapists on the outside who will meet with staffers in crisis. And with our fundraising efforts, we can make those appointments available to COs as cheaply as possible. Okay, this sounds like a tall order, right? But I have it on good authority from professionals with decades plus experience in the field of corrections and in professional counseling fields. I have it on good authority that prison care is striving in the right direction here. This is doable, you guys. It's complicated, no doubt, but it's doable. And it's the kind of support that is actually going to matter for this extreme at risk population that we call correctional officers. So, number one mental wellness resource we are committed to pursuing in the coming year is creating opportunities for correctional officers to access professional counseling without anybody at their workplace knowing anything about it and for as little money as possible. COs are dying from heart disease, from stroke, from diabetes, from stress, and far too often by their own hand. And it is our responsibility to do something to help them. Number two, prison residents. The folks who are serving prison sentences need tools for working on their own mental health and personal growth. The system is completely unable to provide counseling, even to the maybe 50% of inmates with a diagnosed mental illness. And throwing a few generic antipsychotics at people every morning at Medline is really not cutting it in terms of actual health care and rehabilitation. To effectively support incarcerated people who are willing and able to do the hard work for personal growth, the ones who do want to take ownership of their rehabilitation, who are ready to change their lives, we must provide tools as well as encouragement. Think about it. When I'm ready to change a bad habit or establish a good habit, I don't do it in a vacuum, right? I go online. I read articles. I watch YouTubes. I order books from well-respected authorities in the field. I do my research and I learn new things that are going to help me change my life. Well, people in prison don't have a lot of access to self-help materials that would really be tremendously helpful to them. I mean, they can wait for their chance to get a spot in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People program, or they can like hope the library has a book available that will be a good fit for working toward whatever their goal is. But the limits placed on people who are actively trying to take responsibility for reinvention in their own lives, that's our responsibility to fix. We can send books in plain and simple. I mean, we have to do it according to each facility's guidelines, but we can resource prisons with mental wellness materials that can be game changers for incarcerated people who want to grow. And those are the ones who will then become culture changers, right? Acting change engines in their facilities. Their personal growth will become contagious. It will inspire others to take similar steps. So another mental wellness resource we are committing to pursue in the coming year is curating a recommended book list based on the feedback that we get from incarcerated friends who have found success working alone on the inside as they pursue growth using self-help resources. Oh, and we will continue creating prison care originals as well. Our first few titles that were you know, aimed at people who are just beginning to take ownership of their journey. So so far in this first year we created improving sleep, improving communication, mental wellness tips at a glance, and finding healing through writing. So those first four titles have been really enthusiastically received. This is this is what one of our pen pals wrote to us recently after he worked through the Finding Healing Through Writing workbook. Uh, he said, You should be proud that your name is attached to this personal self-help workbook. I eagerly participated in the exercises. And when I was done, I felt lighter. I felt cared about. I felt you were listening and interested in my answers, and you care how I feel. I'm not really into curriculums because most of them are robotic and lack emotion. What I like about your workbook is the simple options you gave with no pressure. From the core of my heart, thank you for helping me. Guys, I'm not making that up. That's a direct quote. Friends on the inside are asking for more titles. Um, Lots more titles on a lot of topics, things like managing anxiety, dealing with depression, using visual art for personal growth, rebuilding bridges that were burned with loved ones, and more. By creating printed resources like these in-house at Prison Care Incorporated, we can keep the instruction simple and bite-sized. We can keep the examples prison resident appropriate. I mean, think about it like really nothing worse than an article on improving sleep that tells an inmate that they should light a candle and take a long hot bath before bedtime, right? So we can make these articles then available for free on the prisoncare.org website so that people everywhere can just print them off and mail them in to incarcerated folks who need them. And finally, number three, prison residents need actual coaching when they reach a certain point in the rehabilitative process. There's only so far that self-help books will take you. And telephone coaching is a thing. It's a complicated thing to get inside the walls of a prison, but it's not impossible. So Prison Cares Board has been interviewing various life coaches who do telephone coaching appointments. And we've been learning from them what would make something like this successful and meaningful to them in their professional work. And then... From that, we're beginning to create a prison care coaching certification training program that life coaches could take to prepare them for this kind of work. Once a friend that we've made on the inside, a resident, shows themselves ready for like the next step beyond self-help materials, a compassion team could raise the funds necessary to pay a prison care certified life coach and begin the facilitation process to get phone access for that resident and their coach so they could have a series of phone sessions to work on a specific goal. Would we love to find a way to provide actual therapy, you know, like from licensed professional psychologists and therapists to our incarcerated friends? Heck yes, but <laughs> that's a bit farther down the road. The goal of connecting an inmate with a life coach is difficult enough. And we are going to take that challenge for this week, start where we are and get to where we would really like to go eventually. Okay, so that's what we've learned where we're headed in year two. And so now it's time to talk about what we need to know that only you can tell us friends. Here's the question. What sounds like a new avenue that you wanna explore? Would you like to host a house party? A casual awareness evening for friends? Invite me over, like seriously, invite me over in real life or via video would you be able to sponsor the creation of a new prison care original mental wellness resource? Each one of these costs in the neighborhood of $250 to create at this point. You can donate via PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, or check, and just designate new mental wellness resource creation in the memo line. And there you go. And you're going to know that we spent the money on what you asked for because you're going to be able to download the PDF from prisoncare.org, And you're going to be able to mail it to somebody that you care about behind the fence. Would you be interested in gifting books, quality, personal growth titles to be sent to individual prison residents who are asking for them? Or as a donation to a prison's library? Just start a wish list on Amazon. Would you be willing to begin cultivating relationships with licensed therapists or counseling practices who might become corrections trauma-informed? Because if you start the process, we could eventually begin making these professionals available for confidential CO counseling sessions paid for by funds raised by a prison care compassion team. Talk to a counselor you know, or make an appointment to discuss the possibility with the owner of a local therapy practice. Oh, we've got so much great information coming your way in the coming weeks. How-to resources to walk you through each step of the process in a variety of compassionate endeavors. None of the original stuff is going away, by the way. We are still all about equipping pen pal encouragers to do what they do, making a world of difference in the lives of countless incarcerated folks who like to write and receive letters. And we're still all about equipping small teams to adopt a specific prison facility. The vision is still personal and flexible. Our mission statement hasn't changed. It's just getting bigger. It's growing. It has more and more roles for different types of personalities to play. So please, what we need to know from you is, what makes your heart excited? Email me, sabrina at prisoncare.org. Tell me what you heard in today's episode that stirred something in you that made you think, Ooh, ooh, that sounds like me. Yeah. And of course, we'll continue to have interviews with our friends on the inside, with Jay, with Dylan, and hopefully with some other new friends this year. We're going to continue to have interviews with uh, thought leaders and with people who are making huge strides forward in prison reform in the U.S. I just, I just can't thank you enough for being along on the first year of the journey through the prison care podcast. And, and now um, you're still here. <laughs> you're still here. And I think some of you are getting ready to become even more involved than you have been up until this point. So thank you. Thank you so much, friends, for caring.